Hey friend, are you struggling to find consistent paid speaking gigs? Do you want to know the exact six steps that you can take to find and book more paid speaking opportunities in 2024? Well, we want to make that easy for you. We've created a new free resource with the help of Dan Irvin, one of our highly successful speakers on our team. Dan has booked over $100,000 in paid speaking gigs in the last few years, and his six-step process is going to help you maximize your chances of getting booked and paid to speak in any industry. You're going to learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, and proposal emails and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're going to send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're going to get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening. You're awesome. What's up, friends? Grant Baldwin here. So glad to have you here with us today for episode 386 of the Speaker Lab podcast. Today, I am joined by Mr. Wolf Millstone, who might just be not only one of the greatest listeners out there to the podcast, but also has one of the greatest names. I mean, how solid is that? We're going to talk about that right out of the gate. Now, Wolf has actually listened to every single episode that we have ever put out, and he has uh, really done a great job just implementing and applying that. He has an incredible story to share about how he fast-tracked his success by listening to the podcast podcast and implementing it. Now, believe it or not, he actually jumped into speaking January, 2021. He created his own company and had a young family. And and obviously we were in the midst of a global pandemic there. He said goodbye to his full-time sales gig and uh, admits that he's still pinching himself when he reflects on the success of this past year. During our time together, Wolf is also going to share his journey to the stage, how he's managed to bring six figures through keynote opportunities, trainings, and workshops. And his story actually begins in a pivotal moment as an audience member at a sales conference, which led to intense research and immersing himself in the tools and resources needed to get his own start. One of the things that's so awesome about Wolf's story is that he's also so terribly wanted perfection to be the priority, but quickly learned in the process that he just needed to start somewhere. So he took that leap and now he's in the position to scale and grow a thriving speaking business. And uh, he's here to share that with you as well. So whether you are considering taking the leap from hobby to profession, or you just want to learn from someone who's in the trenches themselves, there's going to be something for everyone in this episode. So let's get right to it. Here's my conversation with Wolf Millstone. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, friends? Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speak Lab podcast. I'm excited to have uh, Wolf Millstone, which has got to be like an all-time great name. Like, that's a strong name, man. Uh, if it's not the strongest, it's a close second behind Grant Baldwin. I'll tell you I that. I, I mean, Grant Baldwin sounds so weak compared to Wolf Millstone. Wolf, uh, glad you're joining us today, man. You have had some serious success. Now, we just connected here uh, just recently, and uh, it was because of a, a cold email that you had sent to our team. We got that. The team started looking at it like, whoa, this guy is killing it. So kind of paint the picture for us. Kind of, I don't know, maybe even a summary of what the email said. In fact, I've got it pulled up here if you want me to read it. But what has the past two years been like for you in terms of your speaking business? Uh, you know, Grant, I, it feels like I have to pinch myself uh, sometimes to, to remind myself that this is actually real. It's happening. I've, I've been uh, running this uh, business of mine full time now for a little more than 12 months. I, I started it. it. It's something I've been wanting to do for a while and just never really, you know, went, went uh, all in on it. And, and one day uh, I was sitting at home. Uh, my wife had just delivered our second son. He was uh, two weeks old. Our oldest son, Milo, was... Uh, 18 months and and for whatever reason I felt uh, now is is the time uh, to to you know get this speaking business and this passion 
uh, of mine off the ground. And um, ironically enough, how you came into the picture, you know, 13 months ago, let's say, is I just Googled uh, speaking podcast. And sure enough, there you were, you, you know, you were well into it at that point, but I went all the way back to uh, episode one at the time I was, uh, you know, I had, had a job working full time in sales, traveling a lot, a lot of time on the road in, in, in airplanes, airports, hotels, and I'd crank out about, you know, two, three podcasts today. And like I told you, you know, I've listened to every single one. And it was just uh, listen, apply, try, succeed, fail, try again. And, and here we are, you know, 13 months later. And it is, it is, uh, I, I'm blessed to say uh, it's, it's been a, a, a big success this far. So paint it, can you paint a picture for us, either like number of gigs or financially, like again, and again, to, to let me make sure I understand this correctly. You just, like you just started speaking a little over a year ago, just found the podcast, listened to a bunch of episodes uh, all, and all of the episodes, not a bunch, uh, applied it. And so even like just over a year now, what are you at in terms of number of gigs that you're doing, how often you're speaking and what kind of revenue you're, you're projected to make? Yeah, absolutely. So my so my revenue structure is really uh, broken down into three different categories. Obviously, keynotes is is one. Uh, training is another. Uh, where is it, it's you know four to five people in a real intimate setting and about an hour a week for four or five weeks, um, and then uh, workshops as well. So it, you know those are those are the three uh, revenue generators. Uh, keynotes probably right now with you know COVID still still being a, 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 a an issue we all have to deal with. Uh, we're looking at about 65% virtual, 40, 35%, uh, uh, you know, in, in front of an audience, uh, right. with, with a young family wife, all that stuff. I try to limit that to two a month, two a month. And then on top of that, you know, during the train trainings and the workshops as well. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's full-time it's busy, but, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's going well. Yeah. And it sounds like uh, even from this email that you initially sent us that you're generating like several hundred thousand dollars in revenue. Is that right? It, it is. Uh, it is right. Um, you know, if, if, you know, you'd like, we can definitely break down the numbers and I can share that. And, you know, I, I in, not in my wildest dreams that I think you can actually charge this much and someone would actually pay to listen to you and, and, and what you have to say and, and your ideas and your thoughts. But um uh, it, it wasn't something that I had initially planned on doing. And I actually got with someone at, at, at one point. And, you know, I remember I'll, I'll tell you keynotes, for example, when I was ready to finally start giving keynotes, he said to me, what do you want to charge people? And I said, man, it's, it's probably going to be too much, but, but do you think I could put, I could get away with $2,000 a keynote? And he said, yeah, that's way too little. You need to, you need to up that. And I said, all right, maybe what you know, what are you thinking? Like 2500, 2750? And he goes, no, 10,000. This is the for your first paid keynote? Correct. Wow. Correct. He said, he said 10,000. And I said, okay, you know, <laughs> I went away with it. And I and and in the back of my mind, I'm like, you know what, I'll bump it to 3,000. Uh, and, uh, shortly after that, you know, working with leads and, 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 um, some contacts that I knew, I thought, let me just say that and, and see what they say. And uh, sure enough, people were eager to jump on board uh, and sign me up, which, you know, I still have to uh, somehow fathom how, how that's, you know, uh, acceptable. But, you know, when, right. when, when there's a when there's a valuable message uh, out there that can be learned, applied, shared and taught, um, 
the the keynote fee as well as what I charge for trainings and workshop it it almost becomes irrelevant provided that you can back up the value that goes along with it. Yeah, and so for some context, can you can you kind of paint the picture for us? Like, who are you speaking to? What are you speaking about? What are the organizations or groups that you're working with? Like, it, what, give us a little bit more there. Yeah, absolutely. So I speak to uh, almost exclusively mid to large size uh, businesses, corporations. Um, almost exclusively here in the in the U.S., especially now with COVID. And I speak on what I call the exponential sales method. Um, and, I, and I've coined it that way. Essentially what it is, Grant, is it is applying a sales strategy to complex enterprise level sales projects, right? And the reason behind that was, you know, and I think a lot of people can relate to this, going in college, taking courses, even courses after college, no one really teaches you how to sell. Um, that's certainly something I experienced, you know, when I, when I had graduated college, a, a number of aptitude tests that I had taken and, and folks that I'd spoken to said, you'd be really good at sales. And I have no idea why they said that, but they said that. So naturally my first job out of college was in sales. And I'd love to tell you that that is where this whole journey started. Ultimately it was, it was a big time failure so much so that within six months I was fired from my first job. And it wasn't because I was, you know, tardy or a bad employee or had a poor attitude. I just didn't know how to sell um, and no one had taught me. And so I took the time and just read anything and everything I could find from, you know, Zig Ziglar to Grant Cardone to even, you know, personalities like Dave Ramsey on, on, on businesses and selling and relationships. And there was a lot of stuff I liked, a lot of stuff I didn't like. And I just put that all together. And it was just a blueprint that I had way before, you know, speaking was even thing that, that I followed and it, it served me very, very well in my professional career. And ultimately that's where this whole, you know, exponential sales method came from was from years of just putting little pieces together and ultimately creating something that was my own. So it sounds like even prior to speaking, you were doing, you were doing a lot in the sales space or, or you were selling something. What, what, what exactly were you selling? Correct. So I was in the engineering and manufacturing industry. I worked for a Berkshire okay. Hathaway subsidiary and we sold uh, essentially building components, uh, you know, steel, steel struct, yeah. steel, steel-based products that were used to construct residential, commercial, industrial buildings. Um, that's where I got my foot in the door. So you'd been doing that for several years, it sounds like. And then at what point did you decide? Like, where did speaking come in? Like, were were you invited to speak in some stuff, or at what point are you kind of like, uh, hey, this this is interesting. I would like to do more of this. Yeah, absolutely. So from a personal side, I had been speaking not as a, as a, as a, you know, I'd been speaking as part of my job in sales, whether it be to uh, C-suite executives, uh, in, you know, boots on the ground employees, yep. um, uh, certain conferences, you know, nothing for money or anything like that. Just it was it was a part of my job. Um, and to tie that in with how this all got going in, in 2017, I had attended a uh, conference in Charleston, South Carolina, put on by Wells Fargo. They had about four or five keynote speakers there talking about retirement, money management, stuff like that. And, um, you know, the first three, four, great, heard the message, you know, nothing, nothing really resonated with me. The fourth and final speaker that they had on to close the show out, phenomenal. Um, really kept, you know, the audience engaged and captivated. And and I'm, I'm watching her, you know, do her thing on the stage. She was talking about, uh, uh, diversity and inclusion as it relates to the U.S. workforce, you know, all the way back in 2017 now. And, and I'm sitting there watching her and I'm thinking, where have you heard this before, by the way? I, I, can, I can do that. 
you know, maybe not as, as well as her yet. I'm not as polished, but, but I can do that. And that's where the wheels really started spinning. Now it took me, you know, what was it another four years to really, you know, give it a, a full go, but, you know, coupled with what I saw there and what I already kind of sort of did for a living, um, it, it, you know, it finally clicked. Was that the first time where it really clicked for you? And what do you think it was about watching her or in that setting on that topic and that stage where finally it was like, wait a second, like I, I could do that. And again, like you're saying, it's not like a, a cocky, arrogant thing. It's going like, oh. I'm, I'm nowhere near as good as they are. And it's going to take me, but I can, I can see the path that I would need to, or maybe I don't even know the path yet, but I could see myself doing something like that. And it's not going to be an overnight process. It's going to take a minute to get there. But is that the first time where like the, 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 almost like all the dots were connected for you and like, okay, I, I could see doing this. It is very much. So uh, a couple of days after returning from that conference, uh, the Wells Fargo conference, I actually looked up that lady uh, who, who gave that final keynote. Her name was Kelly. And I just, uh, I sent her an email saying, uh, you know, hey, this is uh, who I am. I was in attendance. I just want to say, you you spoke on something that, uh, you know, is, uh, is, is not something I really, you know, deal with on a day-to-day basis, but you made it so interesting that, you know, really just thanking her for, for you know, what she had done and, 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 you know, the learning experience that she had created. And I built this, you know, semi-friendship with her just casually out of, out of saying thank you yeah. to her. And, and I, you know, out of curiosity, just picked her brain. You know, what, what, what is your day-to-day like? I followed her on social media and she was always posting about, I'm in Austin, Texas today talking about, you know, X, Y, Z. And now I'm in New York and I'm thinking, it's kind of cool what she's doing. You sure. know, it, 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 it looks cool on stage. It's, it's, you know, quote unquote, sexy seeing all these big cities that she's going to. And I just started asking questions, you know, tell me about your, what what your day-to-day life and routine is like. And, um, you know, then, then I went back, uh, I I knew the people from Wells Fargo that put on that conference. I said, you know, just out of curiosity, how much did you pay her to come on stage? And, and they told me, and and I thought they were lying to me. It was just, you know, impossible. Um, and it was just little bit by bit. I hope that answers your question you know, of, of kind of yeah. the seeds that were planted at that, that point of, of, man, this is really cool. It's, you know, if you do it well, it's very rewarding as well. And, and, you know, let, let's be honest, you can make a good living out of it as well. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's how the ball got rolling. So you see her, you connect with her, you have some, again, follow-up contacts, the wheels continue to turn, but it sounds like it really takes you still a couple of years before you're going like, okay, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to buckle down. I'm going to make it happen. What, what took so long to get going there? You know, uh, Grant, I've, I've heard uh, many people on your podcast and elsewhere say that if you, if you treat this whole thing like a hobby, you'll, you'll get the results of of a hobby, you know, what, what a hobby is. Yep. Um, and it, it, essentially that's what it was. It was something that would have been cool to try, um, you know, and then I do a little bit here and then, and then it got a little hard or I got a little busy elsewhere. And then, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, get back to this later. And I was never really fully in and, and, and you truly have to be, um, you know, to, to, to make something out of it. Um, there was no significant, you know, life event. I, well, I guess we just had our second child when I when I really decided to do this full time. But uh, you know, it, it was just one of those things where where a light, you know, hit me in in January uh, 2021, where I thought, okay, you know what, I am going to put everything I have into this. Um, 
physically, mentally, spiritually, financially, you know, it, it, th- that's a big deal as well. Um, and, and, and at that point, January 14th, 2021, um, was, was, uh, when I filed, uh, to, to get, you know, my own, my own tax ID and, and create the Wolf Millstone group. Um, and, and that's where I, when I truly went full, full tilt, it was no longer a hobby. This was, this was a business. Um, and, uh, yeah. Hey friends, I got a question for you. Considering where you are in your speaking journey, what are your next steps to take your speaking career to the next level? If your answer is, I I have no idea or I have too many ideas, I don't know where to start. Let me give you what I believe is the best next step that you can take. I want you to book a call with the Speaker Lab team today over at thespeakerlab.com slash coach. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash coach to see if our personalized coaching program is right for you. We have helped literally thousands of speakers from all over the world find and book more speaking gigs, and we'd love to see if we could help you as well. Our personalized coaching program features done-for-you websites, done-for-you demo videos, weekly coaching calls, access to all of our educational content. We find speaking leads specifically for you and so much more. You've got the talent. You've got the drive. Let us give you the plan to execute. All you got to do is book your call today by going to thespeakerlab.com slash coach. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash coach. Now, January 14th, 2021, we're still in the thick of a pandemic at that point. You mentioned you had a little one, then you have a second little one that just arrives. Outside looking in, it's just like, that's horrible timing. So how are you kind of thinking about like, well, we could just, let's wait for the pandemic to pass. Let's wait for the kids to get a little bit older. Let's wait for the dust to settle. Let's wait to earn a, a more stable, secure, safe spot. You know, how are you thinking about the timing of it? How's your, your wife thinking about the timing of it? Like, how did you, how'd you kind of process that? You know, it, 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 you might not believe me, but it was, it, it actually make made perfect sense to do it at that time. And I'll tell you why I could not just drop everything that I was, I was doing, you know, keep in mind, I have a full-time job. I've got two kids under the age of two. I've got a wife who I need to provide for. And, and, and the reason why I say it was perfect timing, uh, I felt at that point, I was not rushed. Uh, to get this done immediately, so much so that I actually didn't even know at the time that virtual keynotes and, and, and trainings and workshops were even a thing. So I thought, you know, we've got to wait or I've got to wait until COVID is done and dusted for good before I can even launch this off the ground. Um, and, and, and so that helped where there wasn't that pressure to, you know, get everything up and ready within six months. And so, you know, I deliberately um, intentionally took my time to get, you know, a website set up, to get a demo video, to get uh, lead generation, lead magnet, you know, kind of build my own little base up. Um, and, and so, you know, it wasn't the initial plan, but you, you, you know, you kind of work with the circumstances that you have. And, and ultimately it, it did work out because I could afford, I had that luxury of, of taking my time to, or taking a little longer than, than most people to make sure I got it right. So what were those, I guess, what in terms of, of time and commitment did it look like over the past year? Meaning that, uh, again, you've got two little ones at home, you've got a wife, you've got a full-time job, you're building a business. Like there's just a lot going on. So how are you, how are you balancing that all over the past year? You know, it was, it was a lot of early mornings, uh, waking up at four 30, uh, while the wife and kids are sleeping, you know, before you really start your day working, uh, at the time when I first started the business, I, you know, I, I have no idea how to, how to create a website. I still don't know how to create a website. And the first person I went to was my brother, you know? And so we were up at four 30 in the morning on the phone, 
creating you know a website and 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 you know during lunchtime I'm, I'm trying to come up with material for a keynote and and training and workshops kids go to bed okay it's you know 8 30 now 8 30 to about 11 ish at night i'm back on the phone with my brother or you know doing something on my own kind of getting the business up and running weekends uh it, it was it was my wife and the boys. I, I I you know wasn't in the picture that much because of the fact that you know that was the only time I I could do it. So it was finding little pockets early in the morning, late at night, and on weekends to you know build everything up from scratch. Uh, luckily now that's obviously not the case where you know things are up and running and 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 you know thank God the boys are a little older, a little bit more self sufficient. Um, and and you know I have time during normal people hours uh, to to work on and in the business. Uh, but you know that that's the hand I was dealt at that point in time, and it was just finding the time to make it work. Did you leave the job? Or are you still there? I did eventually. Yes. What? How did you kind of think about that transition of? Because I know that's a big challenge for speakers of going. At some point, it kind of reaches a breaking point of I'm doing a lot of gigs, but I'm also trying to you know work full time and like that's the stable, secure, safe choice. You know, hypothetically speaking. Um, but like at some point, like okay, I can't I can't keep doing both. Like something's going to give here. So how did you kind of think about making that transition? Especially, it sounds like you did that fairly quickly, like within in under a year of going from zero gigs to I'm going to quit my full-time job to go all in on this. So how did you kind of think about that transition? You know, it, it, you're right. It got to the point where it just simply was not sustainable. Um, family life, uh, you know, a W2 job and then a business on the side. It, it, you know, I would, I was burning out. I could feel it. I was, uh, uh, not spending as much time at home as I would have liked. Um, and ultimately, what I wanted to do was make sure that I was close or just about close enough from a financial perspective where, you know, the boat was close enough to the, jo- the dock that I could that I could jump off once I hit that point And I knew that, uh, you know, my wife and kids would still be taken care of and we'd have just about, you know, the same life uh, financially uh, at that point as, as what I had uh, in, my, in my previous role. Um, then at that point, I decided to pull the plug and uh, focus on this full time. What did you do that that booked so many gigs so quickly? Because again, I've I've seen I've been in the industry for a long time. Like the the rate of your success has been like that's that's not common. Um, and so you've really busted your butt in the past year. So what what are you doing? Like what what's working for you? Uh, to put it in a nutshell, Grant, I'm I'm putting myself out there, right? If if there's a way to get my name across, uh, I am doing it. Uh, email, social media, cold calls, and and mind you, when I say I'm doing this. I, I, me specifically, you know, I don't have any employees or anything like that. Um, uh, I'm reaching out to folks uh, one, two, three times, follow up, different ways of following up creatively with, you know, videos and free articles and blog posts and, you know, prizes and it really, with, with, with folks that I, I do know um, from my professional career that I've built relationships with, uh, folks that I, I obviously have not known uh, before cold calling and, and emails and introducing myself. I also made it a point, you know, to listening to podcasts like yours um, and, and others and, and joining social networking groups. I would just reach out to other speakers and, and just introduce myself and, and say, you know, Hey, I'm Wolf. This is what I speak on. I, you know, I, I think uh, there's a message for this uh, elsewhere. I'm not looking for any favors or handouts, but if, if you think of someone who might be in need of this message, please, you know, share my contact information. I've done that with a lot of speakers and uh, event planners, event coordinators, um, speakers who I looked up to, just saying hi, you won't believe how open and, and welcoming people are if you if you just, you know, 
sincerely ask ask for some help, uh, people people would be you know more than help, helpful to do so. And so, really, it's you know it's it's all of the above. It's 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 putting yourself out there. It's not easy. There's a lot of no's. I I hear no a lot of time or not right now or let's follow up in six months. But you know what the thing is when people says uh, say to me let's follow up in six months, guess what I do. I, I follow up in six months. Right. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not rude. It's, it's, you know, I'm, I'm obeying their wishes, but at the same time, uh, you know, un, until someone says, no, I, you know, just keep plugging away and you do that enough times. Um, you, you eventually start to build up quite, quite a couple of yeses. What, uh, what tool or uh, CRM are you using right now to track all that? Sure. I use Zoho. Okay. And so it sounds like, again, you, when you started this, it's so crazy to me that you've listened to every single episode of the podcast. Cause there's at this point we're closing in on 400 episodes. That's hundreds yep. of hours of content. Yep. Uh, you're burning through a couple of day. It sounds like just to get, get caught back up. Yep. So doing that though, I mean, you're very much drinking from a fire hose. And so how are you kind of sifting through what applies to you? What doesn't apply to you and what you should do? Cause I mean, you could also say like, okay, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm going to listen to every single episode and then I'm going to start doing it. But you are very much like, no, no, like I'm going to listen to episode one. I'm going to take action. I'm going to listen to episode two. I'm going to take action. I'm gonna, and I'm just going to keep moving forward. And there's going to be times I pivot or adjust, or maybe I did the wrong thing. And I, I need to, you know, take two steps forward and one step back, but I'm, I'm doing something to keep moving forward. So how, what, what is the past year in terms of like listening to the podcast, taking action? What has that balance looked like for you? Yeah, you know what, uh, what what you say right now is true, Grant. However, it did not start out like that. My first month to six weeks, maybe even two months, I listened to every, you know, all as many podcasts as I could and, and read as many books as I could. I didn't take a single action. Uh, and and the reason for that was, you know, I'm I'm very OCD. I'm I'm a, a, a perfectionist. I'm very competitive. And the reason why I didn't take any action was in my mind, everything had to be right. It had to be perfect. It had to be polished. And until that was the case, we're not doing anything. Um, Big mistake. Uh, And and so, you know, I'd listen, I'd take down notes, you know, things to look out for, things to include, tips on a demo video. And I just had this notebook full of notes. And, uh, you know, it got to the point where, you know, say a month later, my brother, you know, said to me, he's like, Hey man, like we, we we've got to do something here. Like this yeah. is this is we're, we're we're just talking, you know. Um, and so ultimately, little by little, we would we would start putting things, you know, into play. Uh, 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 the, I remember my, my my first website that we put online um, at wolfmillstone.com. I had a picture of a guy up there on the stage. It wasn't even me. It was some guy. It was the back of his head that kind of looked like mine as well. Uh, and he was talking to a crowd. I think it looked like college students or something like that, but it was a website, you know, it was up there. My first demo video I shot with, uh, with, with my Android uh, in, in on, at one angle and my wife's iPhone on another angle, uh, no microphone, no audio, no music, just, just me up on a, you know, mock stage talking, but it was something. Um, mm. And, you know, and then at that point it got to, you know, uh, then we listened to another uh, uh, podcast or read a a different chapter in a book somewhere all right well let's go tweak this you know let's let's replace that random dude on the website with a photo of actually me and not the back of my head but my face so people can actually see what i look like and you know and then you know scrape some money together and let's get an actual production crew that uh you know can film a a a good demo video for me so that when i say 
you know, hey, how much is a keystone? It's 10, uh, sorry, keystone, a keynote. How much is a keynote? It's, you know, it's $10,000. Here's, you know, do you have a demo video? Yes, I do go to my website. It actually looks like, you know, a professional, well put together mm-hmm. keynote that is worthy, uh, at, at least, you know, on first impression of, of uh, you know, the feed that I, that I've charged. Yeah. That's amazing, man. Again, just huge, huge kudos to you and just the work that you've done, the results that you're seeing. It's really, really impressive. So you started, again, kind of targeting keynotes. It sounds like you've also kind of added in uh, workshops and training. How are you thinking about, because another challenge for speakers is there's a lot of things you could do right now, right? You could do more training. You could do more workshops. You could do more consulting, could do coaching. You could do a book. You could do all the things, but you can't do it all at once. So how are you trying to find that right balance of doing the right things, the things that move the needle in the business, but not biting off more than you can chew. Yeah, absolutely. So when I first started this grant, uh, I, I wanted to do keynotes exclusively, yeah. right? Um, one, uh, or mostly because I, I, I didn't know any better. I didn't know that there were things like, you know, books that you could write and, and seminars and, or workshops that you could put together. I just thought, you know, I'm a keynote speaker. That's what I'm limited to. And that's what I'm going to do. Um, and then I did the math and, you know, I, I thought, you know, my, my big goal one day, whether it be, you know, next year, 10 years from now, I don't, you know, it doesn't matter. My big goal is to, is to generate a million dollars in revenue. And then I kind of, you know, reverse engineered that saying, let's just say everybody who says yes to me will pay 10 grand for a keynote. How many keynotes do I have to do a year to make a million dollars? And while yes, it's possible, that is a lot of freaking keynotes uh, mm-hmm. that, that quite frankly, I don't think I have the desire to be on the road that much, even virtually, uh, yeah. to, to make a million bucks. Um, and so I, I partnered with, uh, with a coach slash mentor and he said, well, you know, th- there's more to this than just the keynote. Have you thought about training and, and workshops where you can charge even more than what you charge for a keynote? Um, it wasn't something I was even, you know, aware of at that time, but, you know, slowly I started putting the pieces together and I thought, you know, I, I don't have to do a hundred keynotes a year. I can do, you know, two a month um, and, and supplement that with training and workshops. And, and, and I found my, my sweet spot at this point um, to do keynotes, trainings, workshops, but at one stage, yeah, it was like you said, you know, I'm going to do keynotes and I'm going to do training and I'm going to do workshops and I'm going to write a book and I'm going to have a podcast and I'm going to have my own weekly YouTube video. And, you know, it was, it was, it was just not a sustainable model. Um, it, it certainly isn't uh, at this point in time, either my, my focus uh, for the rest, or we're only in January at the time of this recording, my focus for 2022 is to focus on these, these three revenue generators that I have get really good at that um, try to figure out how to scale this business because it, you know, it, it, it's like you said, taken off rapidly. And if, if there's some, something else out there um, in the future, it's something I'm open to exploring, but you know, as things stand right now, I've certainly got my hands full and what I offer to my clientele, I want to be, you know, top of mind as, as, as one of the best to do it. Um, and the more stretched I get, the more watered down, I think that becomes, and, 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 you know, that's, that's, uh, something I could see causing a problem later down the road. And that's something I'm looking to avoid. Yeah. Uh, one thing we have not touched on is at this point, people can pick up, you've got a, a pretty strong accent. We were talking a little bit before we started recording. Tell us your background. Where were you from originally and, and what brought you here? I, I, I don't even know where I'm from at this point. <laughs> uh, I, I was born uh, in, in the old Yugoslavia uh, in the late 80s. And in the in the early 90s, uh, Yugoslavia went through, you know, the, the civil war where they broke up into Croatia and Serbia and Bosnia. 
And uh, my mom and dad at the time did not want my, I have a younger brother um, who actually lives in your neck of the woods down in Nashville there. Uh, they did not want us uh, growing up in a war-torn country. So we packed the bags, we uh, emigrated to South Africa, and um, I spent my, my childhood in uh, Johannesburg, uh, South Africa, which is where my mom and dad still live. Um, three weeks after graduating high school, I was on a plane for the United States. Uh, I got a scholarship actually to play tennis uh, in college. And uh, yep, packed two suitcases, 200 bucks in my wallet, came over to the United States, uh, saw snow for the first time in my life at 18 when I landed in Chicago. Uh, very first thing I did was go to Walmart and buy the biggest, fattest jacket I could find. Didn't realize <laughs> that uh, cold weather is not only cold, it eats into your bones. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, the U.S. the U.S. has been home ever since. Uh, it's it's uh, 16 years ago uh, that that happened. And uh, actually, I, I just became a U.S. citizen uh, a week before this thing called COVID-19 uh, came to prominence. Wow. Um, and so I was, I was, uh, you know, my, my naturalization ceremony was uh, February, late February uh, 2020. And a week later, I was uh, told that uh, I need to stay home because um, yeah. we're in lockdown. So it's, it's wow. been a journey around the world. But uh, yeah, you know, obviously my wife's American. My, both my boys are, were born over here. Um, and and uh, while it's hard with my parents, uh, you know, being overseas in South Africa and not being able to uh, come visit us, uh, especially now with this Omicron variant. In fact, they haven't even met my younger son yet. Uh, they just see him on mm -hmm. Skype all the time, uh, you know. I'm, I'm very happy where I am. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. So let, let's kind of wrap up with this. What would you say to the speaker who's listening, who is where you were, you know, a year, a little over a year ago of going like, I want to be a speaker. I feel like I could do this. Uh, I just, I don't know if I've got what it takes. I don't know if I'm good enough. I don't know what steps to take. And, and again, in the same spot you were in a year ago, there's a, a dozen uh, or more excuses you could have come up with. Uh, I have two little ones at home. I have a full-time job. I'm married. Uh, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Even if you want to go as far back as uh, I'm an immigrant, I, you know, I, I have a, uh, a thick accent, like all these like negative things that we could come up with that would keep you from taking action or doing something on your speaking business. So the speaker who's listening right now going, I, I don't know if I've got what it takes. I don't know if I, if I, if I should even give this a shot or maybe they're kicking the tires and just doing the hobby thing. Like what, what would you yep. say to that speaker? Uh, two things. Number one, um, it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be polished. It doesn't have to be state of the art, world-class, whatever superlative you want to think of for you to start this business, but you have to start somewhere, right? I, I shared with you my, my, my first website was, with a demo video from two cell phones and the back of a random person's head as my, as my cover photo. Um, but you've got to start somewhere and then, you know, don't wait for everything to be perfect because it never will be perfect. I yeah. still, you know, find little things here and there with my website that I want to tweak, but, but I have a website. So don't be afraid to, you know, take that first step forward. You don't have to run, but you do have to start walking yeah. and, and, and let things snowball from there. The other thing I will say is, you look at any, you know, man or woman that, that uh, has any sort of prominence, whether it be an athlete, a, a business person, uh, you know, a military general, whatever. The one thing everybody has in common is that they did not get to where they are by themselves. Um, 
don't be afraid to ask for help, whether it be free, whether it's something you have to pay for to invest in yourself. Once I started, you know, listening to your podcasts, reading books, uh, hiring a coach, working with a mentor, it made things a hell of a lot easier than feeling like this is, you know, all exclusively on my shoulders to make it work. Um, I strongly encourage anyone and everyone that listens to this uh, to, to find an experienced person to work with, to hold your hand along the way. And, you know, like you said, I found hundreds of reasons why this would not have worked. And, and you laid out most of them there. But I also found one or two reasons why I thought this would work and it would be really successful. Don't let the negatives, the many negatives outweigh the positives, because when you when you reach the end of the road, you'll you'll realize it was it was all worth it. Yeah. Well, huge, huge, huge congratulations to you, man. Uh, you, you have worked really, really hard behind the scenes. So uh, a lot of uh, uh, congrats and, and uh, gratitude to you, man, for all, all that you've done. If people want to find out more about you, what you're up to, check out your website, which by the way, you have a great website. So I'd encourage people to, to look it up. Uh, where, where can people find you? Yeah, thank you, Grant. That's that's very generous. Thank you. Uh, my website, wolfmillstone.com. That's wolf like the animal, millstone, M-I-L-L-S-T-O-N-E.com. I am on the socials. However, that's uh, an area that uh, needs needs some work. I, uh, I'm a little, you know, stretched thin at the moment, uh, actually exploring the idea of, of bringing on you know, my very first employee, uh, which is daunting in and of itself. But uh, uh, best place to find me, wolfmillstone.com. Uh, if you sign up with your email there, you actually get a free sales tool uh, that you can use as well in, in, in day-to-day life. So thank you. Awesome. Wolf, congratulations, Ben. All right, there you have it. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Speaker Lab podcast. Now, I want you to know that we do this podcast simply because we want to serve and support speakers like you. We don't charge anything for you to listen, but in return, we do have one small favor to ask. Would you be willing to subscribe to the podcast where you're listening right now? Hit that subscribe button. Also, leave us a rating and review within iTunes or Spotify, wherever you listen to these podcasts. We read every single one of them, and they also help other people to find the show. Also, if you are looking to take the next step in growing your speaking business, be sure and check out thespeakerlab.com. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com. We've got a ton of free resources and tools there, and you can also learn more about the programs that we offer, which include one-on-one coaching. Our mission here is to help you find the confidence, clarity, and clear path that you need to own your speaking success. So again, check us out over at thespeakerlab.com. As always, we appreciate you hanging out with us and we'll catch you next time. You're awesome.